You're listening to Youth and Loud, the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we chat to Ruby and Gina from the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency about the art collective... Aboriginal art, Aboriginal culture and heritage, and their experiences growing up in foster care. So welcome uh, Ruby and Gina um, to Youth and Loud. Um, it's pretty cool to be chatting to you guys today about um, the art collective and about your uh, heritage as uh, Aboriginal woman. Um, so thank you heap for, heaps for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, yeah, cheers. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so to kick us off, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like at the moment, starting with you, Ruby? Um... I am Ruby, I am 20 now, Jesus, um, and I am a proud Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander woman from Cairns, Queensland, like Cape York Peninsula region, that's where majority of my mob and my family are from, sort of thing, but I've lived here in Victoria and Melbourne my whole life, basically, grew up in foster care with VACA. Yep. Um, what does my life look like now? Just doing art, basically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, living on social media, <laughs> you know, it's the usual. Living life. Living life. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Gina? Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Um, well, I'm a proud Nadanjadi woman from South Australia, Adelaide. Um, I've grew, grew, grown up in Melbourne pretty much my whole life. Um, just back and forth from Adelaide. Just, you know, trying to achieve goals and, you know, do the best I can and work in doing my art, part of the art collective, you know. Um, so just uh, in regards to the art, can you tell us, uh, Gina, a little bit about the work that you've done um, with the Naranyana Collective? Am I saying that right, by the way, Naranyana? Yeah, um, Naranyana. Naranyana started as a art mentoring here at Baka and... So it started off four or five people. It was an odd number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, we started... We did artwork for an exhibition. Yeah, so we did work for... and We were doing as much work, paintings, and, you know, as creative as we can. And getting artists to come in and, like, have yarns with us. Yeah, do workshops with us and, cool. you know, talk about their how they got to where they are yeah. as you and know, an artist. So we mm. learnt from them and we took that on, did our work, and then we planned a exhibition. Mm. Yeah, that was more like, so like the art mentoring is a lot different to the art collective because yeah. the art mentoring was more like kids that were in care. Like the art collective is for those coming out of care who are kind of like, you know, I guess stuck in that in between, you know, the, the awkward stages of like eighteen to like yeah. twenty one, yeah. twenty two sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The the collective was so that it could be a place where a safe um, environment for Yeah, yeah. so that like you could have conversations with like Sarah or any of us because mm. um, we'll understand you know we'll, we get mm. what you're talking about because mm. yeah. we went through that or we're going through it you know mm. so yeah and just I guess help each other give each other advice on like where you could seek help on like you know for like uni courses and stuff sort of thing 
um, yeah, we just wanted it to be a space where young, you know, young Aboriginal and kids yeah. coming out of care could come to and just have yarns and stuff. And be a part of something, you know. Yeah, like. build skills, as we said earlier on. Um, that was the quite an important part for us was that we wanted it to be a safe, culturally safe space for That's why the whole like spiritual journey. That's like our journey into adulthood you know mm. yeah. sort of thing that's why we chose the name we kind of liked it like that this is like our spiritual healing our spiritual journey into becoming yeah. you know an adult that's kind of like what basically is in a nutshell you don't have to feel like anxious about like actually opening up to people yeah, like you, you can do that into cool. your own time you don't need like build yeah. up to it yeah that's good you know a lot of you know, a lot of young people don't want to talk about their problems and what they're going through and stuff. Mm. But what we hoped to have this space be somewhere where, you know, if you don't they, want to talk to us, you don't have to. Yeah, they don't just have know to that talk we're there. about it. Yeah. But, yeah. They can express it through their art, yeah. express it through their filming or yeah, mm. the whatever they choose writing. to do within the art collective. Yeah. Mm, cool. Um, so just uh, in regards to the art, can you tell us, uh, Gina, a little bit about the work that you've done? Um, well, uh, so at the start, um, I part of the art mentoring before the art collective. I was doing paintings and, you know, um, helped design some products. Um, yeah, putting my art on the products and stuff. Um, I had this big thing with gold and like trees and stuff so I paint that a lot cool and I also designed the logo Naranyana yeah um yeah so she made it on the first session that we had yeah <laughs> the first session of the Naranyana collective I just Sarah wanted a logo and then I just said all right and she liked it okay. so nice. and everyone agreed on it so yeah so that's how we got our logo um, so I guess, Gina, with, with the work that you've done for the Art Collective, is there any particular uh, message or meaning that you're trying to convey through your artwork? Huh. Well, with my artwork, and mine's very different, I practically just wing, like I just do anything that comes from, you know, my emotions and from who I am as a Abri- young Aboriginal woman, mm. and I just put it on canvas and start on they Yeah, basically. <laughs> Literally, like, I don't really... When someone else looks at it, I mainly get what do they think about my work, yep. what feeling do they have on it, and then, and then I just go with that. Because you do um, a lot of commission sort yeah. of works. Yeah, I do, like, different commission works for, like, organisations. So I guess with your work, you mentioned that um, you put your, your, your feelings and put your emotions into the work that you do. Um, so what's, what's that experience like for you when you're coming up with art design work? Um, do you feel a sense of relief or a sense of uh, uh, passion? What, what happens for you? Well, actually, I really don't like painting. Okay. <laughs> I, it's really weird. It's, yeah. A lot of people just laugh. Mm. like really you're like good at it <laughs> I'm actually a drawer I like to draw but with painting I don't know it's just it is more like a relief it's like mm. I can get all these emotions out on a canvas and show you know um, how I feel and what's um what would you say is the main uh the main emotional feeling that would be included in your paintings or artwork like would it be one of um 
joy or one of um, sadness or? Well, so because I'm commissioned work, I ask people of what colours they want. Oh, yeah. And once they tell me them colours, I put like a design of my feeling in it (laughs) with the colours. Like, I don't know, I just put things together and just <laughs> make it it's just really random um so ruby what what, what about yourself can you tell us a, a little bit about some of the work that you've done for the art collective i've done no work <laughs> not yet anyway but i'm in the midst of i've got a couple of projects and ideas that i want to do with the art collective but i i guess mainly my style of art is like i'm a portrait artist so i do a lot of um, people's portraits and stuff. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jim. <laughs> and um, I'm also doing a bit of a- um, abstract as well, but I'm in the midst of kind of combining those things together because I do love my portraiture and I want to do more of it. Yep. So that's what that's kind of like why also I really enjoy the collective because it's going to give me this opportunity to explore more with my art and kind of find my style because mm. I have these two different styles that I kind of want to merge together instead of doing them separately because yeah. you know even though portrait art like it's beautiful and stuff and it's, it can be a bit dull sometimes because I, I want to switch it up and you know because I do drawing with my portrait art so like a lot of pen work a lot of pencil graphite sort of stuff but I want to kind of get into painting so I'm in the midst of like learning how to mix my colors and you know make skin tones and stuff but yeah I don't know like yeah so I'm just in the midst of creating work for the collective more so more abstract than portraiture at this stage because I'm still learning how to paint portraits that's kind of my goal with the yeah to paint portraits, really, yeah, I don't know. With the work that you've done, Ruby, is there any particular uh, message or meaning behind the the portraits that you've done? Um, or anything that you're trying to communicate to the people who see your work? Yeah, so, not so much with my portraiture, because usually my portraiture is just of, like, famous people, so not so much. But with my abstract, that, that's more where it's based around my emotions and how I'm feeling because art is therapy for me it's like a way of like escaping from reality and like Mm. losing myself in Mm. a different world sort of thing when I don't want to associate with anyone else Mm. um so it's more so with my abstract it's very yeah focused on my emotions if I'm like feeling down or some stuff I'll release that energy and that emotion into the work Mm. um and stuff and like yeah that's how basically that's my abstract work is just basically yeah releasing pent-up emotions and energies of everything that happens in my life and mm. you know and if I'm like really struggling and I don't talk to people that's my my therapy that's what helps me to kind of I guess get what's on my shoulders off yeah sort of thing yeah so I guess for you uh, your artwork works as a bit of a release when you are feeling uh, perhaps a bit um emotional or feeling something in particular artwork kind of helps you to to feel better and helps you to be less stressed or yeah um, that kind of thing yeah it's yeah I've, i always say that art is my best friend it's been with me mm. since i was like really young and it has being involved in the art collective um helped you form your sense of identity and has it given you a, a greater understanding of who you are i guess um <laughs> I guess for me it's, I know you know, just it's like in the early stages but it's kind of pushing me to work harder 
in terms of what I want to do for my future. Mm. So now I want to do something with like business. Like I want to have my own business sort of thing. Cool. I think. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about. That. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I guess it's kind of pushing and pushing me into um, a direction of where I'm, as I said earlier on, on where I want to learn about my style of art, because, you know, I don't know what it is and I'm still learning sort of thing. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just going to give me this, this, I guess, this open door of um, possibility of, like, building new skills as well and, yeah, just finding myself within my work and... Yeah, I don't know. What about you? You know, I, it has. Like, <laughs> um, but it's showing me, you know, I do have a talent and mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's it's helped me a lot to realise, you know, I there's things I I didn't think I could do that I can't do. Like. Mm-hmm learned some stuff about business stuff mm-hmm. um you know some customer service you know when we do our market stores and selling products yeah. when we go to events and stuff yeah that teaching us to communicate with others because we're yeah mm, and you know like i struggle with that so but nice. it's opened up you know that i can mm. you know Learn how to work an ATM machine. Yeah, like it's just so. I guess the, what we wanted the art collective for for young people was, you know, even if you're not interested in like arts, there's other things yeah, there to do. There's that whole like the communication part of it, the whole business component of it, just building skills and for you to go website. into work. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, the website that yeah. is. <laughs> you're listening to Youth and Loud. Understand that the the Naranyana means. Excuse my my bad pronunciation <laughs> no, of that term. <laughs> um, I can't say it either. We're, we're twinning today. <laughs> Maybe you can say it again, Gina. I understand that the Naranyana <laughs> <laughs> um, means a uh, spirit journey. Um, so, is there a connection between uh, your life journey um, and your artwork? Um, so yeah, my as I said before, I I've grown up in foster care with Vaca, um since I think I was about maybe three, four, I think four. Um, I was in the same foster home for about twelve, thirteen years before I moved in with um, Sarah during the last couple of years of high school. Mm. Um, my placement breakdown with my old carer, who I'm still in touch with, and she's basically basically like the mother figure in my life because mm. my mum wasn't around as often as um my brother and i would have liked and stuff um unfortunately she passed away 20 2012 so that was that was pretty big enough you know Mm. i guess and then yeah and then also because you know as i said before like majority of of our family like the rest of our family is all up in queensland and we're down here in you know Bipolar Melbourne, so <laughs> the weather. Um, I've got like two other sisters as well. We're all down here. I guess we're all together, but we kind of like separated as well. Mm. I mean, unless we've got social media to kind of contact, like stay in contact. My mm. sister can drag me on social media. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. And then yeah, I've lived on my own since I was eighteen. Now I'm nineteen, so about two years ago now. Hmm. Since I first moved out, um, 
just because, yeah, the minute the minute I was like to myself, the minute I turn 18, like, I'm going to go and live on my own. Um, that, that's what happened. Yeah. Stayed at March Tucker, that's how I met this one, Gina. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my that's actually my life in a nutshell basically hmm. yeah um yeah um so gina what, what what about yourself um do you feel comfortable sharing with us a little bit about oh. what your life journeys has been like oh yeah well okay my life journey. how do i start this so i guess when i was younger I had everything in the world. I'm the youngest and only girl. Great. Best thing ever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I had everything I could ever possibly want um, when I was younger. But I lost my mother at a young age. Mm. So, I kind of felt the impact of losing everything in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I didn't go and care when I lost my mum. I went lived with my fam- family didn't work out um so I eventually went into care with people I knew which I was quite lucky um but never really worked out because I always wanted to go back to family and you know Mm. so I eventually came back and forth from Adelaide to Melbourne all the way always still doing it (laughs) um so yeah and um I eventually ended up in a hostel, Margaret Tucker Hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 can you tell us a little bit about what's, uh, what it is and what it's set up for? Yeah, well, it's a, a, um, an Aboriginal organisation um, for young women that are, I guess, homeless, struggling, you know, to find a place and the hostel's there for them you know, to help support them find mm. a home, um, what else? I guess, you know, provide a roof Pro- over there. Yeah, and, you know, and make sure they're safe, you know, and, um, yeah, but at the end of staying there, the person should have, like, a good home, have mm. all the things they need, and, yeah, so it's just a place to help them get on their feet and, you know, have a support when they need it mm-hmm. so yeah and it's I for a lot of young Aboriginal women I recommend it it's, yeah, it's great. great I've been there for four years yeah. <laughs> a long time to be in a hostel I was there for three months three months I yeah. think yeah, that's it's how great place yeah it's great people they're kind hearted mm-hmm. they understand you they Very support you the best way they can it's great mm-hmm. yeah and you know I eventually found it as a home so yeah and they've you know, supported me, helped me go into programs, art programs. Mm. Like, they tried to put me in art school. <laughs> Didn't work out. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's pretty much my journey. And then ended up part of VACA, um, doing some programs and stuff. So I guess that's my journey. Hmm. Yeah. So what, what would you say some of the main um, challenges that you faced uh, in, in your lifetime? Oh, challenges. Um, mine was because I was in a big a part of foster care. Mine was meeting new people mm-hmm. and getting used to a new environment. And now everyone knows you. Yeah, now <laughs> everyone knows. Um, and I guess, like, you know, losing family members, mm. biggest thing, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It, it is. 
it's really high I can think. And yeah, I guess that's biggest challenges in my life. I have three brothers. Um and I don't see well I do see them but not as much as I would love to. But you know, it's quite um, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much my challenges. Yeah. What are, what I guess, um, Gina, are some of the things which have helped you manage those challenges that you've gone through? Um, what, what's helped you get through it? Um, I guess um, surrounding myself um, by positive people. Um, you know, trying my hardest to do the right thing. What would you say are some of the key elements which make up um, Aboriginal culture? Our history. Uh, yeah, history, mm. our art, yeah. our dreaming stories, our, mm. the respect we have for our elders. Mm, that's a good one. That's a like important that. one. Yeah. The one thing that you'll notice about <laughs> young Aboriginal people is that we have so much respect for our elders because they hold a lot of knowledge and yeah. a lot of history. And it's kind of hard, it's really warming to see that young people just really we really do appreciate our elders mm. and people who are older like our aunties and uncles as well yeah not necessarily who are, we're related to you know because the whole community is yeah. our family and mm. our like our dancing when we like do our yeah. ceremonies and yeah. stuff like that's a big thing to us mm. um yeah but yeah i think our history is very important to us i mean it's basically like i don't know like history and culture, they go two and two. Like they tie in together. Because mm. like we lost, us Aboriginal people, we lost our, you know, our culture mm. Mm. Uh, for a, a long period of time back in the day. Back um, in the good old days. So I guess now it's a big thing, you know, bringing it back. Mm. Especially the language as well. Yeah. Language and Still traditions and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Still working. You know, a very long process, but, I yeah, language is. Yeah, important to Aboriginal people, I guess, having our own. I think it's the respect for our elders mm. and the respect for our culture that we have still mm. around and um, the, our stories from our elders. I guess everyone's heard of the whistle story, eh? But, um, no. Oh, okay, so where I'm from, it's like, don't, you've probably heard it, don't whistle at night. I'm not so, sure. Eh? Yeah. Oh. Well, with us, my, particularly my family, we get like cursed at like whistle at night because it's really bad luck. Um, because because the birds are asleep, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know the story, but like no, that's okay. There's sometimes the stories that we get told. Um, because you don't nowadays we don't really get told many stories unless mm. your family's really strong. Yeah, in culture okay, yeah. and because unless you have an elder that you know that. Yeah, and because a lot of us are in, like, foster care. And, like, so we don't really hear much of it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so... Yeah, that's... I guess the negative we hear, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so important to cherish and keep those stories. What is the most important thing for people to understand about Aboriginal culture, particularly for those who um, don't have that, that background? There's different, there's, okay, there's different tribes. Yeah, there's different and tribes. come from all over yeah. Australia. And how many tribes are there? 
Like, Same way, I don't even remember. There's a lot more than what's on that map. Yeah. Usually. So you're talking about like uh, hundreds or thousands of tribes. Um, maybe close to 200. I think there's more. Okay. I'm yeah. not too sure. Yeah. Don't quote yeah. me on that. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, and we don't all. We all got different stories. We don't all know mm. the same story because we're all from different parts of Australia. Yeah. We don't all do dot painting. That's a very big As, thing. Dot don't painting. get me started with that. <laughs> do not. Oh, I cannot stress to you how annoying it is when someone says yeah. to me, do you do, like, traditional, like, Indigenous... I don't... Yeah, no, I, that's not me. I don't <laughs> like, like, not generally different, in, like, traditional. There's line work and then there's dot work. Yeah. But they and come then, from different areas and it's very, like, there's a whole heap of, like, sacred yeah. sort of things coming to that so like I'm from Queensland I can't do that kind of style of painting yeah. and like so in stay away from that where I'm from we can't use the colour red in dot okay. because it means the drop of blood mm. and it means violence so like because one time I had someone say oh can you do dot painting and I want it red and blank and I was like sorry I can't and they got really upset and I thought I thought you were Aboriginal and I am proud yeah, proud I'm so <laughs> proud <laughs> But I'm sorry, I, I can't do red dots. It's, yeah. If I do it, my aunties and uncles are going to look at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't do that. Uh, so. I think that's one of the things, like, just don't... You know, we're all not dark-skinned. We all don't look black. Some of us, you know... Some of us are pale. Pale. Some of what? And some of us have, like, blue eyes, blonde hair. We all oh. don't speak the same language. Like, yeah. I speak not and jetty. And... I don't speak Wurundjeri because I don't know that. That's mm. different dialect. It's completely yeah, different. Yeah. Different area and everything. Like, um, and yeah, I guess we're not all the same. Yeah, mm. we're all we're the same, but we all you know we're all Aboriginal. I think it's important but to like there's top end, yeah. mid, and then bottom, the down and yeah, down under. Yeah, that was a very bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that? Um, uh, Australia is doing enough in our time and era to support Aboriginal people? Oh, don't ask for that. <laughs> I went to the National Indigenous Youth Parliament. Don't ask me that. Okay. <laughs> oh, I <ask> that. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot more that we could do, but you know what? It's we're it's on our start. way there. Yeah, it's yeah, a okay. start. It's a start. Yeah, I mean, it's a start with the whole Australia Day thing that we have going mm. on at the moment with the councils. I mean, it's a start. Yeah. You know, we're still progressing and we're still learning mm. you know that science just proved we're the oldest living culture in the world but yeah mm-hmm. I mean we're getting that like yeah, yeah. You know, I mean we could it's a, it's a slow progression but yep. we're getting there uh, I think anyway I just think we should be included in more things but you know that's my opinion Mm. So what, what kind of things uh, should, I guess, Aboriginal people... Do, do you prefer me to say Aboriginal or Indigenous? What's more... Aboriginal. Aboriginal, okay. yeah. Because um, Indigenous is like everything. Yeah, cool. I wasn't <laughs> too sure. Um, There's a whole... Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so what, what kind of things do you think that um, Aboriginal people or culture should be more included in? No, a little bit more political stuff yeah. I think it's very important to have indigenous voices in there especially mm. on a higher level yeah yeah um, I guess in government sort of like not the government government but government organisations like DHS mm. and not like the department and stuff yeah. have like um, Aboriginal Aboriginal voices in higher classified mm. jobs I guess yeah um, mm. Not so much that they're in uh, Aboriginal identified work, 
sort of thing, but to have them in like non-indigenous kind of, mm. you know how in some ways include, yeah, just include like, Aboriginal. You know. yeah. I mean, it's good that we ha- that like I think it's you know good that we're in work. No, no, I think you know what you're saying. So I yeah. guess you're saying that um, you think that it's necessary for people who are Aboriginal to have uh, more roles in, I guess, Parliament or DHS and. Yeah, for them to yeah. have more of a voice and an influence yeah, than, yes. what, than what they currently... I think, yeah, it's very important to have a, a diverse input in any yeah. anything, really. Like, well, yeah. like, you know, just commercial work or, you know, that kind of political area or, you know, the government sort of thing. I think it's very important to have different voices and not just have the same kind of voices. What, what's some encouragement or what's some... Uh, hope that you could give to any young people listening to this episode i guess um that you're not alone in this kind of situation as being foster care especially as a young indigenous person Mm. when you're living with um you know um, a non-indigenous family there is that sense of you know loss where you i know i felt that growing up and stuff that i had I felt really disconnected from my mm. culture and my family because, you know, it's a different culture to mm. down here than Absolutely. it is up there. Yeah. Um, so that's that really plays in. But if you, I guess, if you surround yourself with people within, like, in community and stuff, and I guess surround yourself with, like, positive people, like, that's my goal is to um, surround myself with positivity and not let negativity drag me down because um, mm. it really, like, affects me. And stuff to the point where I don't want to socialise with anyone. So I guess, like, yeah. I don't know, I guess, like, that you're not alone in this situation and that mm. there are people out there who are in the same situation as you and that you don't have to go through this kind of stuff alone. And always, if you're in, if you're stuck in trouble, just, like, you know, seek help. Like, mm. I was... I am probably the most stubborn person in the world. Because, <laughs> like, I for a while I did not seek help. And now I'm just getting help and I'm, like, 20 now. But um, it really benefits you if you go out and, you know, ask for help, whether that be mental illness especially because it's so big among young people mm. as well. Um, if you're getting bullied and stuff, speak up. Don't ever feel like you don't have a voice to say those kind of things. If you're going through something within your foster, like within the foster care, because, you know, like speak up. Like it's so important that young people mm. are given a voice because, you know, they are the future. And I believe so wholeheartedly in young people because they are the future of this world and they are what's going to make hopefully this world better um but yeah like i just think it's very important that young people speak up Mm. and talk about what's bothering them you know speak up and like just let your voice be heard and also that Mm. yeah you're not alone sort of thing i don't know just went on a tangent sorry no no i think that's uh, (laughs) great you had really um really good things to say um i guess just you know try hardest you know do the best you can Mm. um don't change who you are it's such a good point it is such a good point yeah just you know if people don't like it you know what you don't have to like everyone. <laughs> Not everyone's gonna like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, good point. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you know. You realize that when you leave high school. Mm. Yeah. Just <laughs> keep keep positive. 
That brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Thanks heaps to Ruby and Gina for joining us on the show. And thanks to Sarah Diplock, team leader from the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency, for making this episode possible. If you felt concerned about anything you've heard tonight, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46. 36. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Low.